You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, guys, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. It's the finals are over and it's time for us to really look forward to the draft. Although on the site, we've been doing a lot of draft pieces. I hope you've enjoyed those. The team has put in a ton of work. And one of the guys that's doing been doing an amazing job is with me tonight is Anthony Chang. How's it going, Anthony? Great. It's great to be on the podcast, James. And thanks so much for having me. It's, draft season is always uh, one of the funnest times of the year in terms of writing articles. Uh, there's always so much excitement trying to figure out who's going to be the next uh, hot prospect. So really excited to be on tonight. I agree. I, honestly, I think to me, you know, obviously the games and watching the games and 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 hoping that the Jazz can go all the way and things like that is obviously really fun. But I get a real kick out of doing the draft. I think there's a lot. It's a lot of fun to kind of look at these players, see who, you, you know, who the your team can actually go get and uh and then make your picks and then it's kind of fun to see who pans out who doesn't and uh the draft is just a lot of fun so uh what we want to do tonight me and anthony uh we're gonna do uh the first ever slc dunk mock draft we've been doing all these profiles we've been doing our research i've been you know anthony's been doing an awesome job of just kind of compiling the different mock drafts with other sites whether it's espn or the ringer or NBC or, you know, all the different places, Bleacher Report, all these different places have their own mock drafts. We have our one from uh, from SB Nation with Ricky O'Donnell. And by the way, if you haven't gone and checked that out, Ricky O'Donnell came out with the best 30 players in the 2021 NBA draft. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out. I'll put a link to the pot to the uh, to that in the site and on this uh, description. But so what we're going to do today, Anthony, is. We're just going to go through the 30 picks of the first round, and we're each going to pick. And right now I'm going to decide if you or I get to have the number one pick. So, Exciting. Uh, so Anthony, heads or tails? Uh, I'll call heads. And you didn't. Ah. It is tails. <laughs> All right. All right. So you are, let's see, how does this go? this go i'm trying to you are the houston rockets first i'm detroit cool uh, let's just get started here and i'm going to try to keep track as we go it's you know we're we're adam silver and we're the general managers tonight so we'll try to do this correctly uh all right so i am the detroit pistons and i have the number one pick in the draft and i don't think this is going to be a big surprise but i am going to go with cade cunningham I know there's a lot of people out there who think that maybe Evan Mobley is probably is possibly the best uh, prospect in this draft, and they might not be wrong. Uh, but I I just feel like Cade Cunningham is the player that you just want on your team that everyone wants. With a big, uh, he's a six eight guard. He can pass. He can shoot. All sorts of skill. Uh, he's 
pro- overall probably just the most can't miss prospect in this draft in terms of just a player that can come in and be just a number one option on your team. We'll see if he uh, can be that. Obviously, not every number one pick pans out, but I'm picking C- Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I like that pick, James. Um, I totally agree with you there. Uh, even though the Evan Mobley hype is real, um, I think that Cade Cunningham just has to be number one, and it seems like pretty much everyone else agrees. I haven't seen him fall below number one in any draft, uh, mock draft I've, I've looked at over the last two months. So um, even though there are legitimate um, other possibilities, uh, I, I think Detroit just – you have to go with the highest upside, the the best fit. And um, yeah, makes a lot of sense. And so coming in at number two with the Rockets, um, it really poses a bit of co- uh, a, a question there because they obviously have Christian Wood, who's probably their best player at this point, and he plays center. Um, he could probably play some power forward in some matchups, but really um, they're maximize his strengths. Uh, offensively and uh, not get too exposed defensively. He, he needs to play center. So uh, the question is, can you really justify taking Evan Mobley when your best player is um, also a center? And so a lot of the draft coverage I've seen has gone back and forth on this, whether or not to draft Mobley or to draft someone else. And um, usually that someone else has been Jalen Green, um, who uh, did – just flash so much potential uh, in the G League. Um, even though they weren't able to play too many games, um, Jalen Green really showed why he also has has it. You know, um, and so if I were the Rockets, it's it's really hard because uh, you, you don't want to not pick someone because they have the same position. Just I mean, obviously you go, you go back in the day with Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan being the really famous one. Uh, but I honestly, if, uh, if I were the Rockets, I would trust that Christian Wood is, is good enough. And I would probably pick Jalen Green um, because right. there's, there's a lot of, um, I think, uh, it, it seems that, like you really need strong guard talent to do well uh, in, in the NBA. And um, center is probably one of the positions that uh, as long as you have a good enough player, um, it's it's much less impactful if you have a uh, like an amazing center versus an amazing dynamic uh, guard or wing. Oh, I you know what I think. Uh, I mean, we'll see how it pans out. But Jalen Green is he's just going to be that you're just you can just tell he's going to come into the league and he's going to put up highlights. And mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, this guy can can score, and this looks like the type of player that can come in and score in the playoffs and you just love the just the physical uh talent that he has he's he's a big guard he's gonna be he looks strong he he's gonna be just athletic as could be and you just can't teach athleticism and so you combine all those things with his scoring ability i mean he's just gonna be he's gonna be a lot of fun and you know nice pick for number two all right so i am now on the clock for the cleveland cavaliers and you know I am one of those people that just says, you know what, based off of what you have on the on the floor, I don't know if you should always, when you're this high in the draft, I feel like you really just got to go get just the best player available. And to me, I'm going to pick uh, uh, Evan Mobley uh, for the 
the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know they have Allen on their team, and and I just think that Mobley is is a dynamic, dynamic defender, and and shows a lot of nice things on the offensive end. I mean, he he has like Rudy Gobert upside on defense, um, but he has the ability to really just move and switch. He, he's like scary uh athletic on that defensive end on his ability to to just slide out on the perimeter but then come back and block shots he just looks like he could be a monster and then off offense he has a great touch he has great feel he can be a lob threat it looks like he can kind of probably get a nice mid-range shooting game he shows a lot of really nice chops passing the ball uh there's just a lot about him and he could just get better i mean he's only 19 years old and he looks like He's going to be a top five or six center in the NBA as soon as he steps on the floor. So, uh, for me, it's Evan Mobley for Cleveland, and then maybe you can just trade Jared Allen. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a really hard hard thing um, that uh, two of the top three teams don't really have a super strong need at center. So, because uh, Mobley it looks fantastic. I mean, he was probably one of the best defensive players in the NCAA last year, if not. Uh, behind Nemeus Quita of uh, Utah State, shout out. Uh, he really was probably one of the best. So it's it's really hard um, when when you're when you, when you're sort of uh, making those hard decisions. But at some point, you, he's not going to drop below number three for sure. So uh, I totally agree with you there. And that makes the decision for number four of the Toronto Raptors really easy because. Um, Kyle Lowry, I mean, he's he was fantastic last season. Uh, well, the season before, not the last season. Um, Raptors weren't so great, but uh, he he's getting up there in age, so they, they really need someone to replace him. And um, Jalen Suggs uh, from uh, Gonzaga is just going to be that guy. I mean, he he played amazing for the best college team last year, and um, coming in and being able to learn from one of the best point guards in the game, and also you know. Fred play along Fred Van Vliet um, as a larger point guard, 6'4", 205. He's he's going to be great um, in Toronto. I, I, I've seen some other folks um, go with like Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Even a random draft has uh, Turkish MVP Alperin Schengen up at number four sometime, somewhere. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, the positional fit is just uh, perfect to have Jalen Suggs at four with, with the Raptors. I mean, that's honestly a no-brainer. He's actually one of my favorite players in this draft. I, th- I, think, gonna, I think he's going to come in and be just awesome. I mean, he just he's athletic. He defends. Uh, he's just You can just tell he's going to be just great. He's like one of those winning players that just helps everyone on the floor be better. Uh, I think he averages like 2.8 steals a game. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's just the total package in terms of drafting a guard. I mean, it'd be a dream to have that guy on any team, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, nice pick. All right. So now we're at pick five and this is to me where the draft kind of gets yeah. go a lot of different directions and yeah. And, you know, there's, I, you know, it's funny. I saw the latest uh, big board from Kevin O'Connor had some interesting players jumping up, like, high. Like, Cameron Thomas is in the top 10 on his board, which is surprising to me. Uh, Trey Murphy's 14, but we're talking five here. Uh, you mentioned Scotty Barnes, and Scotty Barnes to me is, like, 
he is that player to me that if in like we look back a couple years and Scotty Barnes is like the best player from this draft, I wouldn't be surprised. And all it will take is for him to like to figure out how to shoot. He had an incredible uh, combine, I guess, and he just looks like he's he's just a worker that's gonna. To me, I feel like Scotty Barnes is one of those guys that's gonna figure it out. And when you watch his tape and watch him switch on the perimeter, uh, guard bigs, he can do it all. He's very mm-hmm. much. Uh, Draymond Green is is not an unfair comparison to him for his like for his ceiling. And if he can figure out how to shoot, he can be a Draymond with a jumper. That's pretty impressive. So for uh, for number five um, for the Orlando Magic, I'm taking Scott Barnes. And you know what? It's funny. You're you look at the the Orlando Magic and all their draft picks. It feels like they always draft bigs that can't shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they're getting another one, but I like him, and Scotty Barnes is fantastic. And so I just the upside is is amazing with that guy. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, um, there's some other forwards around there who who could potentially be a fit at at five, but really, he Scotty Barnes is by far the highest upside of them in my opinion and um he his physical capabilities are insane i mean he he tested out to have the size of like a like an average power forward i think but it was like way faster than any of them uh and could jump higher and you know all those superlatives so yeah uh (laughs) it's funny being the magic here again drafting another sort of uh not so good shooting forward but um you know I, i buy it I think he's going to do amazing, and uh, he, he can definitely develop into something that that will be amazing. So, number six. Um, so now we have the Thunder, who are just sort of lacking in talent everywhere. Um, kind of they they had a sort of semi breakout star in Moses Moody, uh, but then they traded him to the Celtics um, after they shut down Shai Gil. I can never pronounce Shai's name, and I apologize, but... Uh, <laughs> SGA. Yeah, SGA and Lou Dort. So they're sort of more set on the on the guard positions, but still, I think they're looking for, for talent anywhere. Um, and like you said, at, at this point, the, the draft sort of blows open. Um, if, if I had to, uh, you know, make a snap decision, I would most likely... Um, I'd most likely go with Jonathan Kuminga, who's sort of like Scotty Barnes, but perhaps uh, wasn't as able to, uh, not quite as athletic, um, also not quite as good of a, well, neither were quite good shooters, but he also has uh, like similar, from what I understand, similar uh, 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 capabilities. Um, And I must confess, I haven't looked too much into Kuminga's game. But I know that he was sort of the big second banana uh, on the on that G League Ignite team, um, and so because of that, uh, he was able to shine uh, even with uh, Green around him. So um, my understanding is that he would be an excellent pick at number six. I you know I like the pick. I think Oklahoma City they're pro- they were the big losers with the lottery because they yeah. had tanked and they end up six. Um, I. I don't mind the pick at six with Kaminga because there's just, there's so much uh, possibility there. I mean, he's a incredible athlete with, with just a big, huge, strong frame. Um, And you know what, if he does kind of figure out some of these, 
rough edges of his game because he's pretty raw, then mm-hmm. he's a nice player. And so, and the I don't know if the Thunder are looking to be incredible next year anyway. So it's exactly it's like they can put him on the floor and let him develop. So that's like a good situation for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't mind, uh, like looking at the next couple of folks on the list, like James Buchneid or Franz Wagner or, um, you know, like Corey Kispert, those, those types of like slightly older guards, like good shooters. I mean, they, they're obviously very good players, but they're not necessarily the type of folks that the OKC, OKC Thunder are looking for because, like you mentioned, they're, they're not going to be good for a bit, so they might as well just keep trying to uh, shoot darts and uh, – Hit the hit the bullseye every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, let's see. All right, so now we're to Golden State, and I think Golden State is one of those teams that possibly could trade out of this draft uh, because they are obviously trying to win now. And so I think that Golden State is likely going. I mean, you know, I'm sure that every GM is going to say they want to win now, but they probably want to win now like and or well not win now they want to pick the best prospect on their board like who they have ranked at that spot and of course every gm is going to say that but they're going to pick someone that probably fits with what they do a little bit Mm -hmm. um and you know there's one guy that i'm thinking they might be interested in so you look at them they have uh steph curry clay thompson will be back uh draymond green they have some other guys, uh, other wing players uh, that could be interesting. I think this team is going to pick a player that can come in and looks like it could you could plug him in and it won't be that hard for him to figure things out. And so, you know, I'm uh, it's hard. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Well, dang it. So I'm kind of thinking between two guys. I'm thinking either. Uh, Giddy mm. or Franz Wagner. And mm. yeah, the nice thing about Wagner is that he can shoot, he can defend. Um, he, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. With this pick, just so he's not off the board, because I think he'd be the perfect fit for them. I think he can plug and play. I'm going to pick Franz Wagner because I think he fits with Steph and Clay perfectly. You get shooting, you get defense. He's not going to need the ball in his hands so much like Giddy. Uh, I'm going with Franz Wagner for Golden State at seven. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. If they if they have to keep the pick, uh, they they probably got to find someone who can really fill that small forward spot because that seems like like the the main gap that they have. Obviously, uh, with James Wiseman at center and the other three All Stars. I mean, you really. <laughs> if you're trying to maximize the value within the fit of your team, Wagner makes a lot of sense. And he's actually, I think a much better defender than a lot of people give him credit for. He was top 10 in the NCAA in box plus minus defense and uh, also uh, defensive rating. Like, so he, and that almost, uh, I, I did a little research and a lot of those guys who make it to the NBA do really, really well uh, if they if they manage to stick. So, yeah, he's to me he's one of the most can't miss. Like I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't know if he's going to be like an all-star or anything like that, but I think he's I think he can be a a starting level, you know, plus player. And I I you're right. He can defend. Right? He's like a lockdown guy like Scotty Barnes or something like that, but he just 
is a very smart, good defender. And next to Draymond, that'll be really nice. All right. So uh, let's see. It looks like we have Orlando from Chicago on the board again. Yeah, Orlando got pretty lucky this time around, if I'm being honest. Um, they, they, uh, two top eight picks is uh, certainly, certainly a big haul. Um, the question is now with Orlando, because they, they keep drafting these forwards who are long and like have tons of potential. Um, they, at some point, they got to like fill out the rest of, of the roster, you know, and um, I'm not too familiar with the situation exactly what's going on with their, their guards. Um, not sure what's happening with Evan Fournier and uh, Michael Carter Williams is still on the team, if I'm not mistaken. And Cole well, Anthony, Fournier, got, Fournier got traded to Boston, I believe. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, man. Yeah, they, so much. <laughs> I they have, well, so here, just ahead, just so everyone's aware. So here's kind of some of the guards on the roster is you've got, Cole Anthony that they drafted last year. He's kind of an off-the-bench guy. They ended up – because Orlando made a bunch of trades, remember, at the trade right. deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Gary Harris from Denver, and they have Markel Fultz. And I'm guessing Markel Fultz is the guy they're kind of, you know, focusing on as a yeah. guy. But Yeah. He definitely looked to be uh, coming back uh, pretty strong before he got hurt. And then Cole Anthony did actually – a pretty fantastic job filling for in for him if i'm not mistaken so um, between that for sure yeah between them two and gary harris uh, i'm i wouldn't say their their guard rotation is locked down but it's um you know it's 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 much it, it, i wouldn't say it's even necessarily much better but they did start dj augustine from the last two years before that <laughs> so yeah, it's not they, i wouldn't say it's like pristine <laughs> yeah so it, what I'm trying to figure out right now is if um, because of the next prospects on the board, it, the, there's really any of them, that, and you could you can make a valid, somewhat va- valid argument for right. You got James Booknight, shooting guard out of UConn, who not the best shooter, but scored in bunches. Then you got Davion Mitchell um, from Baylor, who just did fantastic in, the, in March Madness and uh, great shooter, great defender, but also a bit undersized. Um, for the one, uh, then you have Josh Giddy, who's uh, like a big playmaking forward um, from on Australia, who's um, you know excellent, but maybe is there a bit of positional redundancy there? Um, and then uh, we have um, I don't know how much I want to keep going down the list because there's there's I mean just so many options here, uh, and most of them like this uh, this draft in general honestly has a ton of great guards so uh, it, it's kind of hard to say um, who would be the uh, the next person I would pick, and um, honestly I'm just going to go with I think the upside pick because uh, Orlando again they I'm not sure they have the everything set set in stone so. Um, I, I think we've discussed this next, next prospect quite a bit as someone who is going to contribute at, at the next level or we think is going to do great, and that's uh, Moses Moody. Um, oh, nice uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was uh, one of the best uh, – uh, well, out of this next bunch, one of the best shooters and also – a really good rebounder and uh, overall athletic prospect. 
Um, Arkansas made the Elite Eight, and that was largely due to Moody um, being their main offensive threat. So I think that even with Gary Harris there, um, there's there's Orlando has a lot of room to to figure things out. So uh, picking Moody here, I think, is is a, is a good move. I like it. All right, so Moses Moody. Yeah, if, if Orlando comes out of this with Scotty Barnes and Moses Moody, I think that's a solid draft. Mm-hmm. And they're in a good spot because there's a lot of guys jumping up. Yeah. Um, all right, I am going to be picking now for the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings are not a playoff team. They, uh, they, they showed some interesting things this year. They had their moments. Um, they did not sign Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, they now look. All the reports are out there that they're trying to trade. Uh, they're trying to trade. What's his name? Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their nice pick last year. What was his name? Uh, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton played amazing. Right. Halliburton played downs for no reason, really. Oh, he was fun, and I watched. I probably watched what ten Kings games last year with my league pass and. And he's going to be really solid and he fits really mm-hmm. nice next to De'Aaron Fox. Um, yeah. But I don't think that they, <sighs> it's hard. It's one of those things where we start to look at these teams and you're you're the Kings where you're not quite there, um, you know, but you, you're trying to get over the hump. And so are you picking for position? Are you picking for, are you picking for need? Or are you just picking the best player available? Mm-hmm. Uh for this spot, one of the guys I'm thinking about for them is I'm kind of thinking just in my personal who I like and 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 who a lot of people seem to like. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Book Knight or possibly mm-hmm. Giddy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Giddy yeah. just has one of the things. Giddy is to, is one of the biggest wild cards to me in this in this draft because he has a chance to be really impressive just with his size and his measurables and what mm-hmm. he brings um but at the same time he just he can't quite shoot and he's not an impressive defender and and sacramento i had one of the worst defenses in the league last year uh right. they need better defense and so that's why uh book night makes me a little a little wary because i don't know how good of a defensive player he is that's why another guy i'm kind of interested in you know for them is this is Jaden springer Hmm. Um, he is just an impressive, um, impressive defender. Um, but the thing is, is they've got two guards that they're going to probably play. Uh, right. th- then you start, <laughs> sorry, I'm all over the No, place. yeah, it's, it's hard. I don't think any of the GMs. <laughs> at, at this point, it's tough because are you taking, are you taking, because they're probably playing um, Halliburton and, and Fox next year. That's why they're yeah. trading who they are. Uh, so if you're taking a, a Springer, he's, you know, are you just in the same boat as you were um, before with having three guys and you can only play two starters, you know? Um, you know what? That's, I guess with that, that's why I'm going to make the pick I do because I think he has a lot of upside. I think the size is nice and maybe they can get some better defenders in different positions in free agency. So I'm going to pick Josh Giddy for Sacramento. I think he's a nice... Uh, fit with what they're building there yeah yeah and if i'm not mistaken De'Aaron fox can play a bit off ball is that correct you know he's he's not the greatest shooter but i think his numbers have gotten better let me just look real quick but uh he can play a little bit uh but i just you know 
having multiple uh, ball handlers isn't going to hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, Tyrese Halliburton coming out as a great 3 and D prospect who's not going to eat up a lot of touches. Like, mm-hmm. um, he, yeah, I totally by the giddy pick. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, sides. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of consistency around here, but uh, Giddy at ten, uh, at, sorry, Giddy at uh, at nine is is a pretty pretty common common uh, selection. So, yeah, so that leaves us with the Pelicans at number ten, and the Pelicans are in an interesting spot because uh, Lonzo Ball may or may not be coming back, but they obviously have Zion Williams, who is just destroying everyone last season. Uh, when you know when he was on the court, so uh, the question is just sort of how do you want to build around Zion? And because um, he's he's too small to play center, obviously, but he can't. He, he's it's not going to be great to put him out there at the five against the likes of you know like Jokic or Rudy Gobert or any of these folks who are just way bigger than him in terms of height. So um, it's it's. It's interesting what what they could do uh, with this pick, but looking at the at the folks left on the board, I, I think it's just uh, you can't pass up Davian Mitchell here. He, he, he as such a good defender and a sh- shooter at the point guard position. Um, I think he'll be a great fit for uh, for the Pelicans at, at ten. Let's see. Sorry, I was looking up another. Who did you pick? <laughs> All good. Davion Mitchell. Davion uh, Mitchell. Nice. Well, you know what's nice about him is that he's going to play off of of Zion pretty well. They exactly. have, they yeah. have put the ball in Zion's hands a lot, and Davion Mitchell can shoot the ball exactly. Yeah, and can also kind of handle a little bit. I like that for them. That's yeah. I mean, there are people before you know. It's funny how the draft boards change so much, but had him as like a top five pick and he's kind of been pushed out a little bit because he's not super big. Right. That's a nice pick for them. I like that. Yeah. Um, The Pelicans are a bit lucky here because there's just so many good guards that they could, they could choose from. And there almost certainly will be regardless of, you know, who who gets picked ahead of them um, because this draft is just so deep in that position. So Perfect. Well, so the reason I didn't hear that is because I was thinking already ahead for Charlotte, who I am picking for. And Davion Mitchell would have been interesting. He's a nice defender, but he's obviously on the on the Pelicans now. And so I think, uh, man, you know, the guy that you hear so much about on things I listen to and, and on draft boards is Book Knight is someone that just keeps jumping up on everyone's draft board. Everyone loves this guy. Um, yeah, he, he's something, someone I'm thinking about for them. I, you know, who else I, and I don't, I, it's like, I, I guess I don't know why I care, but I want to be the one who picks Usman Garuba as well, because I, okay. <laughs> cause he is like awesome. And honestly, I, you know, what's funny is like, you look at, uh, Scotty Barnes and Usman Garuba and on, I, you know, I don't know who's a better defender and I, if if Usman Garuba is the better player in in three four years and and Scotty Barnes can't shoot, you know, Usman's probably the better player. And so, the 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 Hornets have some nice choices here. There's also yeah, you know, a few other guys. They've uh, 
Oh, you already got uh, Moses Moody. So that was, there's, you know, who I also like uh, possibly is Corey Kispert is someone mm-hmm. I, I personally really like. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? So we look at the Charlotte Hornets and they've got, they got, what's his name? Terry Rozier. I want to yeah. say but I don't know if you want to make your pick off of Terry Rozier. If someone like Book Knight is available, is is how much more does Terry Rozier have on his contract? Yeah, I mean, it, the Hornets have a bit of a situation on their hands in the in their guard rotation as well because Lamelo just um, really broke out in in ways people oh, did not he's expect. Fantastic. He's great. Yeah. Oh, you know what? So I just looked it up. This is like the last year of Terry Rozier's contract. So they could just trade him if they wanted. I think the Charlotte Hornets just kind of hit a home run. I'm taking James Booknight. Um, mm. I think he has a chance to be a, just a really nice complimentary scorer next to Ball, who you want the ball in his hands to initiate. And then and Booknight can play off of him and he can score. The guy can just absolutely uh, score. You'd like to see the three-point percentage go up, um, but you know what? My guess is that he, that it does with time. You at least you hope so. Uh, so James Booknight for Charlotte is who I'm going with. Yeah, and I, I mean honestly, I'm kind of surprised we didn't manage to fit him in somewhere earlier because Booknight I've seen go up as as high as five in, in some drafts recently just because of how pure a scorer he is. Um, yeah, that three-point percentage isn't isn't the greatest, but uh, you know, when 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 it comes down to it, modern basketball is an offensive game. So uh, having as many weapons as you can, and um, you know, if you you can get younger and and, and on a you know more team friendly contracts, then by all means. And uh, Charlotte, they they honestly um, like they just need all the weapons they can. <laughs> Malik Monk a couple of years ago, it didn't pan out. Um, so they had to, you know, keep trying different guard talents. So, you know, I, I totally makes sense to me to pick up Bukna when he essentially slipped. In all right. So San, let's see. Yeah. San Antonio's on the board. Sorry. I thought, I yeah, which is crazy. Um, San Antonio picking in the lottery is, uh, is a rare sight. So um, I'll have to do a pop real, real proud here. And uh, there's a lot of good options. Uh, shout out to Usman Garuba. They, I mean, the Spurs always do a fantastic job with international players, uh, but I, I'm not sure if I, I, I'm not sure if he's the best pick here because um, the Spurs are in an odd position where they also, again, have a lot of guard talent, relatively speaking, but no one who's like crazy, uh, crazy good. Um, I mean, Dejounte Murray and Derek White, um, like Lonnie Walker, they all they all did are way outperforming their draft draft position. Uh, but that's you know also the Spurs in general. Um, so the the question is is uh, like they they've been playing Demar Derozan at small forward and he he's done all right, but he's not sort of the modern small forward that most teams are looking for. Can't really defend. Can't really shoot. Um, even though he's obviously an amazing player. But they also have been lacking a lot of size in the front court um, because uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, they cut a deal with him, and unfortunately he had, he had to retire. So um, they, they have uh, Pirtle, um, and 
uh, Keldon Johnson, who's actually doing amazing for Team USA right now. Um, but there's you know a lot of opportunity, I think, for them to just pick someone who they think they can do a really good job developing. And so with that in mind, I mean, there's, there's a lot of op- options here. And um, it's, it's kind of hard for me to, to pick one. Um, on my big board, I have Keon Johnson, not a great shooter, really good defender, maybe overlaps a bit with uh, DeJounte Murray. Um, Corey Kispert, who maybe a little less high upside, but really fantastic shooter. Um, good size for the small forward position, but not that's like star potential looks like DeMar DeRozan. Or um, Jalen Johnson, I've seen linked to the Spurs a lot. Uh, modern power forward uh, out of, out of uh, Duke, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me just make sure I have that correct. Yeah, out of Duke. Um, great shooter as well. Uh, so um, I think the main question with Jalen Johnson is that he played 13 games with Duke before just quitting the team. And so that's caused him to drop in a lot of uh, mock drafts recently, which is, um, you know, that sort of commitment is, is something that you really want to see, like the, the fire to, to want to play and, and you know, win um, is pretty, pretty important in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. um, I think if, if the Spurs have a good feel that Johnson is, is really committed to ball and like that he just – was tired of the NCAA process and really just wanted to get the NBA as much as quickly as possible. I think they'll go with Johnson, but, and so that's a pick I'll make f- for them because he Ooh. does have quite a bit of upside. Um, but the, there's a good chance that he just did not do well in the interview with them and he drops even further. So it, he's sort of a higher risk prospect, but I think as a great shooter with great size, um, switching between the forward positions, uh, he could he he on paper he's a great fit for San Antonio. Well, I like that pick because it's like a home run possibility. Like exactly. he could be great. I mean, he's just got the physicals to be awesome. He's six nine. He's super athletic. Um, and maybe with the Spurs and their you know what what they were able to do in terms of just helping Kawhi with his skill set, maybe they can. You know, they've got one of the best shock doctors shot mm-hmm. doctors in the league so maybe he can can help jalen johnson out we'll see yeah i like that pick that's a good pick at 12 that's like high value for the spurs who are in the lottery getting yeah. a guy that i think was going to be a lot higher higher on boards and that just kind of dropped mm-hmm. um, all right so number 13 we have indiana and indiana has been all over the internet in terms of just possibly trading this pick so but we're just doing this straight up as if every team just makes their pick and doesn't trade back or up or anything like that um there's a lot of options for them here but i think this is kind of a no-brainer for them they're trying to win and if they don't trade back this is a guy that can fit in and he's one of the older players in the draft uh i think i'm going with court let's see with kispert in this spot i think kispert is a solid pick for them. I think he can shoot the ball. He can fit in next to, you know, the guys on that team. Uh, they, you know, they have, oh, I always forget the names during the thing, but they have um, Malcolm Brogdon and, oh, who did they get in the trade? Um, uh, 
the guy who was on the Nets. Uh, yes, exactly. Harris Levert. There you go. So they've got their guards, and they're in win now mode, and they've got you know all star caliber player in uh, Sabonis. Uh, so Kispert can come into that wing and they're going to probably lose Doug McDermott to free agency this year. Mm. So, uh, Kispert makes just a ton of sense for them. Yeah. He's, you know, he's an underrated defender in a lot of ways. He's not a lockdown guy, but he's a good team defender. And so I think this is kind of a no brainer pick for them. So Corey Kispert, uh, going to Indiana is my pick. Yeah. I wasn't aware about the Doug McDermott. So, I mean, that just makes perfect sense. He could fit in all of their sets and just contribute immediately uh just arguably doing a better job than uh than dougie off the bench with that uh, additional defense so mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to me um so now we come again to another team that has a second pick in the lottery and that's uh, uh that's the golden state warriors again at 14 and we're again assuming that they're they're not going to trade this pick um and golden state um it's it's unfortunate that they have so much talent because it, it's hard to, <laughs> as I mean, as much of a problem that is, right? Um, because the, trying to find a good pick for them is is kind of kind of confusing. Like, do you want to? Do they want to win now with these picks, or do they want to uh, find someone that will develop into someone amazing? Uh, it, it's kind of hard to ba- make that uh, to to balance that. So, with that in mind. Um, I think, I think what you want is someone that still fits their scheme, but still has upside. And one of the guys that uh, is a big, but also really shot it pretty well, um, and but still has quite a bit of uh, that sort of upside is uh, Kai Jones out of Texas. Uh, big 6'11 power forward, shot 38% from three. Um, didn't really have great counting stats, if we're being honest. About nine points and five rebounds a game. Uh, but he really impressed a lot of folks uh, in in Texas. And just with his ability to shoot it and also be a plus defender, um, switch between the forward and potentially small ball center, I think it makes a lot of sense for Golden State because they don't have as much depth in, uh, in their backcourt behind Draymond and, and Wiseman. Um, they were playing a lot of uh, kind of um, mediocre guys, if we're being honest, last year overall. So they, they just need more depth as much as possible there. Um, some of their guards, uh, like uh, Juan Descona-Anderson, really improved a lot, um, Michael Mulder. Uh, but outside of um, uh, Donovan's friend, uh, <laughs> Eric Paschal, who they were using as a small ball center in some some they even used Juan Toscano Anderson as a small ball center so I think they could use a, a, a big at the 14th pick. Awesome. So let's see who am I writing down? Sorry, I was. Yeah, Kai Jones. That was a bit of a ramble. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, hard. you're good, Kai Jones. That's a nice pick, and I mean he can. You know what? That's almost like security for uh, Wiseman. I mean, if he yeah. comes in and and now you've got two centers and. You know what? They could even trade one of those guys if they want. And make, make trading out of the pick, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. All right, next up we got Washington. Um, I think this pick, to me, I just it's hard for me to pass up this guy at this point because I just think this is a a home run for anyone who gets this guy. You're immediately going to have a better defense. Hmm. Um, and the guy I'm picking for yeah. Washington, and I'm 
not even that worried about their roster because I think this guy is just is an impact guy immediately. Uh, Usman Garuba. Um, mm, I know that. Say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I know that like there's those rumors of like the Lakers and 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 Russell Westbrook. So some, you know, maybe you think about maybe some sort of guard. I love Sharif. Uh, I love. Let's see. I mean, I love Sharif. Is it Cooper? I think it's mm-hmm. Cooper. Uh, I love Sharif Cooper. I think he is a lot of fun. And I think, you know, whoever gets him, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Jared Butler, I think, is maybe one of the more underrated players in this draft. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he went in the lottery. Uh, but I just think, man, Usman Garuba, you see what he's doing to Team USA. You see, like, the physical tools and what he does. And those guys just help you win basketball games. It's like you said with Franz Wagner. Uh, yeah. When you can see that defensive ability and just that translates. And so yeah. I think he's a, a home run pick for Washington. So Usman Garuba at 15. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, they didn't really have great defense. Uh, I think their defense improved by like a, like a huge margin when they inserted a, a guy called Daniel Gafford, six, five. Oh yeah. Just kind of a, no one knows who he is. And then all of a sudden he was helping them win games. Yeah, it was crazy how, how much um, they just needed someone with a more defensive focus. And I forget their uh, uh, their centers, their backup center's name, um, but uh, having him in instead of uh, Robert uh, Robin Lopez also made just a huge difference. So having someone who's going to come in and just be an impact defender it, it will make Washington uh, a huge threat. So, yeah, uh, that's a great pick. So at 16, we have OKC again. Um, they have three picks in the first round uh, and three, two of the next three. So pick 16 and 18. So I'll be making two in, in, in the next three picks. Uh, now, I'm, I'm honestly pretty surprised that uh, Keon Johnson of Tennessee hasn't been picked up yet. He's also a really great defender, more of a guard. Um, but with the Thunder, with Lou Dort and SGA, um, not sure that makes the best sense. And having just traded away uh, uh, Moses Moody and Al Horford, they really do need a lot more size in, in, in their backcourt, uh, in their front court, excuse me. And uh, at this point, I, this guy has the pick I'm going to make for OKC. This guy has been mocked everywhere because no one really knows how to project it. Uh, Alperin Şengün was the MVP of the Turkish Basketball League, which is arguably the second best league in the in the world. Maybe I mean you can argue uh, the Spanish league is also really good. Uh, did he, did he drop good. out, or is he still in the is he still in the draft? Şengün's still in the draft. Yeah. Oh, he, some people yeah. love him. Yeah, and like he's just sort of a like kind of a throwback big, but he has a really good. Um, really good passing, really uh, good vision. Um, even though he's a bit undersized at 6'9", uh, he dominated as, uh, I think he's 20 years old. Um, uh, no, excuse me, he's 18 years old. Uh, he, he's turning 19 in three days, but he dominated the Turkish league as an 18-year-old. He was the MVP. And playing against you know real players, uh, a lot of foreign professionals and um guys who used to play in the NBA. So uh, that that has to mean something, even if he's a, a bit undersized. Um, he's not much of a shooter, but he's tried to shoot it. Um, maybe that's in his 
in his uh, sort of docket later. But when you're OKC and you're lacking talent everywhere, especially in the front court, I think you got to go with Shemgun at 14. Nice. Uh, at 16, excuse me. Uh, nice pick. I mean, he, that's probably a, that's kind of one of those guys that, you know, are you surprised if he comes and he's just really, really solid? I wouldn't be surprised. And yeah. he's young, like you said. I mean, so he can, at this point, a lot of these guys are just kind of swings for the fences because you just don't know. You know. Some of them have this different skill set. So many of these guys are just athletes and who are these guys can figure it out. That's why, um, to me, the biggest question with some of these guys is, I just want to know if these guys work hard, you know, right. are you, are you the guy that comes in and, and improves and, and, uh, well, so let's see, uh, next on the board is Memphis at 17. Uh, let's see Memphis. I think Memphis in the SB nation mock draft, I always follow them cause I'm, I'm friends with the, the blog manager there. They picked Trey Murphy in the draft, really? uh, in the, in the blogger draft. And he's a guy that's been jumping up boards because of his size and his shooting ability. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people really like Trey Murphy, and he is yeah. like he keeps just jumping up the big board. He's one of those guys that I was hoping would be for the Jazz, but he went 17 in the SB Nation blogger mock draft. Right now on the Ringer, he's number 14. Yeah, uh, he's rising. He's not going to be there for the Jazz at 30. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, Trey Murphy's nice. Um, they do need offense and they need shooting there. You know what? I'm just going to go, uh, with that pick. Um, I'm going with Trey Murphy for Memphis, just because of the shooting ability, the size, you need someone that can space the floor for John Morant. It just makes a lot of sense. Uh, and he's big. So Trey Murphy at 17 for Memphis. Yeah. I like that pick. Um, I'm, I'm not as high on Trey Murphy as I think a lot of people are. I wrote a pretty in-depth draft profile of him. Uh, Fantastic shooter, still growing into his body. I think he he's uh, six foot nine inches right now, but uh, in like about two or three. uh, Well, he's a redshirt junior, so uh, transferred from Rice to Virginia, so he had a redshirt year in there. But I think he grew from like six two or six three. Uh, at, in the middle of high school to uh, like 6'5 when he committed to Rice and then 6'9 in college or something, something absolutely crazy. So uh, he's still a bit hesitant, doesn't really know how to use his uh, length yet. But yeah, fantastic shooter and could immediately fit in and, um, you know, take some of those uh, minutes at small forward or shooting guard where where the shooting is needed. Makes Makes a ton of sense to me. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. And um, so now we have OKC picking again at number 18. And um, honestly, I'm, I'm sorry to Keon Johnson that we let him drop this far, but even though there's positional redundancy uh, with Lou Dort and SGA, you, you got to pick the guy who's, who's, who is such an impact defender at Tennessee. Like, you can never have too many good 
wing defender, perimeter defenders on the NBA. Lou Dort can check small forwards if you really need him to. Uh, I, I suspect Keon Johnson can do that too once he bulks up a little bit. Um, not not the best shooter, uh, but again, with, with OKC just needing all the talent that they can, uh, it's it, it it's time for Keon Johnson to go, come off the board. <laughs> Keon Johnson. I love Keon Johnson. He's also yeah. the best athlete in the draft. Oh, yeah. I think he set a record for the biggest vertical in the NBA combine ever. Yeah, 48 inches. That's crazy. I mean... I'm counting on my hand. That's four feet. That's, that's four straight up feet. Yeah, that's. that's I, mean. <laughs> I mean, he can, he can like, if you put a cupcake on the rim, he could jump up there and and get it Throw off. It oh, he's insane. So he is just. I love Keon Johnson, and his defense is transformative. And you know what? You're Oklahoma City, so you can take a flyer on an athlete, and what? if you can teach him to shoot, uh, you know, I don't know if teach the shoot or, or just make him a a passable shooter, then you've got yourself a really nice uh, defensive guy. So that's, I like that. And once you have all those prospects, you can sort of trade away the folks that aren't the best fit anyway. So exactly. They've got so many picks. They, you know, one, two or three, one, you know, they're hoping all of them land, but you know, if one or two of them land, that's great. Exactly. Um, let's see. So we're now with the Knicks and we're in like the playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already had Memphis pick and they got an, I actually really like, what memphis did but you know what i think new york uh this is a guy that's been jumping up draft boards and i've seen a lot of people talk about how much they like him and he's someone you know that's just gotten more and more hype as we get closer to the draft because i'm sure people are seeing how many guys how many teams are having to come in to, to work out but the guy i'm going to pick for the fit with them really well can help them offensively is one of the best shooters in the draft. Maybe the best, just pure shooter in this draft. Uh, I'm going to pick Duarte for the, the New York Knicks. Is it Chris Duarte? Yep. Chris, Chris Duarte. Duarte. Uh, he is just from everything you read and hear and you see in his highlights, he is just an absolute awesome shooter. Uh, yeah. And I was listening to a thing today. They were just, one of the people, one one thing they were saying is just this guy works so hard on every possession. So you're going to get a guy. I don't know if he's going to be an elite defender or anything, but he's someone that's just like absolutely hustles and mm-hmm. gives everything. So I think he's the type of guy that um, New York Knicks fans are going to love. Yeah, Fibs will, loves these type of players. You know, scrappy and just works works for everything. He's he's one of the older prospects in in the draft. I think he's 24 already. Yeah, um, he's older. Like, you know, when you're the Knicks and you you came close to beating the Atlanta Hawks, who made it all the way to the you know Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, you're looking for folks that can really contribute. I mean, there's also a lot of guards there that I think that they would they would love to pick up because they would they started Alfred Payton 63 times last year. Yeah, but, they don't they don't have a guard. But, but you know what else? He's six six. Like yeah. he's he's actually pretty big, and he had one point nine steals per game. Like yeah. the guy, I don't know. I think he might be one of the steals of this draft. Honestly, is mm-hmm. Duarte. Yeah, yeah. A lot of teams tend to underrate people who are old uh, prospects who are older and younger. Like the youngest ones and the oldest ones tend to just go overlooked. Uh, so totally by the Duarte. That's that's still a great one. Uh, for for the Knicks at 19 here, uh, yeah, 19. 
So we're on to pick number 20 and the Hawks, aforementioned Hawks, who did way better than anyone else could have expected. Um, and a lot of that was due to their, their incredibly deep team. You know, They had a lot of folks just come into the moment at, at the right time. Uh, Trey Young played out of his mind. Uh, Kevin Herter played out of his mind. Uh, uh, their main uh, defense, um, uh, the, guy, the name escapes me, but um, one of their best wing defenders who was just recently picked uh, I gotta search this up. I'm, <laughs> I'm blanking, which is uh, oh, you're good. Um, for but they had uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, obviously, who That's played right. amazing for them. Um, John Collins, who was amazing lob threat. Clint Capella, amazing lob threat. Uh, but also lots of flexibility there on the defensive side between them. They had Cam Reddish, who came into his own as a shooter, and DeAndre Hunter is the guy I was looking for. Um, who was their best defender, uh, who a lot of people don't even recognize that name. Um, but he was a number four pick just, just uh, to um, – Well, and he might be their second best player behind Trey Young. I mean, he yeah, was awesome. crazy. Yeah, number four pick two years ago. And he was injured for a lot of the regular season. But when he came back, he was just a menace. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they uh, their backup center, Onyeka Okongwu, uh, has been ruled out for six months due to a due to a shoulder injury that he needs to get surgery on. But uh, he was also fantastic. He he almost locked up uh, Giannis in a couple games, which was crazy to see. So what I'm saying is that Atlanta's deep. They could really pick anyone. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that that sort of replaces one of the one of the things that they they um, they could use. Uh, Lou Williams played decently for the Hawks after they traded for him, but he's he's getting old. So I'm going to pick Lou Williams' replacement, Cam Thomas, out of LSU. Ooh, nice pick! A straight score, 23 points per game. Um, you know, fantastic. Uh, just like created a ton of opportunities at LSU for for his teammates, um, just with his offensive pressure. So I think he. Um, would be a fantastic pick as sort of that microwave scorer off scorer off the bench. Oh well, he's one of those guys that I mean, if he falls to Atlanta at twenty, that I mean, I guess falls. There's this is honestly a deep draft, and it so is. they're getting a nice player with Cam Thomas at twenty. That's like a that's a fantastic pickup for them. I like that. Let's see, New York is picking at twenty one for Dallas. I can't remember. This might be the pick for uh, for. What is it? Porzingis? Um, the trade? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but I think New York won that trade because Porzingis yeah. has been everything. And now they're in a pretty deep draft, and there's some nice guys. Yeah. Uh, thinking about this pick for the Knicks, uh, like you said, you know, they don't have a great point guard. And so that's why, you know what, Sharif Cooper might be just mm. another steal for them. I mm. love Sharif Cooper. He is. Oof, it's hard to and then the other guy I'm kind of thinking is Jaden Springer who is yeah. just an elite like defender sh- shooter oh this is a hard pick I mean it's very hard <laughs> um the one thing about Cooper is he cannot shoot great he has this weird like backwards lean when he shoots the ball but the guy is the most electric playmaker I mean in this draft I, he is just 
incredibly fast. He averaged like eight and a half assists per game, which in college is is kind of insane. He had multiple 12-plus assist games. And when you consider the spacing in college, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, And I just think, I mean, this guy honestly is so fast and just, I mean, he is like ready to handle the ball and, and make plays. And so I just think this guy in New York, if you've got him, uh dribbling the ball you get who did they get before duarte shooting it you've got two really nice guys to bring in i'm going to take sharif cooper and he is going to be every knicks fan's favorite player as soon as he steps on the floor because he is phenomenal and he can play next to quickly too Hmm. and so all of a sudden you've got a really nice you know what else was really nice i think he shot like eight free throws per game he is fantastic at getting to the rim and getting fouled and and because his free throw percentage is 82 it makes you think that this guy could probably figure out a jump shot if he puts in the work so yeah. i'm going sharif cooper for the knicks got it yeah uh that free throw number was not something i was aware of because i saw that three point percentage and wasn't super convinced but i mean Folks should know that the free throw percentage is actually the correct indicator of shooting ability in the NBA, not their long distance shooting or like two point shooting ability or whatever. It's it's the three free, free throws that really matter because it, if you can hit your free throws, um, you can work on your your long range shot. So that's a that's a great pick. Um, he sounds just like a better version of Alfred Payton at this point. <laughs> he, he really, I mean, he's a little undersized, but he defends. I mean, it'll be, he's one of those guys that you could, you know, maybe he's just uh, just too small and he just doesn't figure out the shot, but he also is just so fast and he gets to the rim and he, I mean, he just play makes like crazy. It's just really hard to not see him uh, be a nice player. I don't, you know, he's one of those guys that if he can shoot the ball, is he kind of a Chris Paul light, you know? Or if he can't shoot, is he just, you know, another quick guard that ends up playing, you know, as a backup? Even at worst, he's going to be a nice backup point guard, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so at 22, we have the Lakers. Um, they're lucky in that they have a relatively high pick in such a deep draft with so many so many guards and with such a strong need at guard. I mean, I don't know what's going on over there with uh, with uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder, but uh, some something something odd is is brewing with with him and and the Lakers front office. Schroeder uh, wants a bigger role or something, but it's clear that he kind of honestly doesn't deserve it, especially on the Lakers. So with AD and LeBron being there. So they, they really just need someone who, who can, uh, who's, who's a guard and can come in and fill that position without, without, you know, like they need someone who can shoot and not mess up. Um, now who, who on the board is, is fits that. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really sure. We, we have a lot of great options. We got Jaden Springer, like we mentioned, Jared Butler, like we mentioned. Um, and, uh, yeah, even Trey Mann. I mean, he, he's a legit uh, consideration at this point. Big point guard, 6'5", shot 40% from three. Uh, it's There's a lot of good options for, for, for the Lakers here, and uh, I, 
a little jealous of, of their, their flexibility. Uh, I think I'll have to go with, um, with the Lakers in mind. I think they would go with Trey Mann. Uh, I think he fits a lot with what they're trying to do offensively and defensively. He's got great size. Um, and he's a good shooter and the Lakers are always looking for more shooting. So, um, he could learn a lot from Alex Caruso before being honest here. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's, I, you know what? I mean, he basically to me is just like the next best player available. Cause he just has so many nice things and he can play off of LeBron. I mean, the guy can shoot and, uh, 40% from three last season. Uh, I don't know, really a lot to like, and he might be, that might be the steal of the draft. And of course, the Lakers. Yeah, of course. Uh, nice pick. All right, let's see. Now we have another pick for Houston. I can't. This is from Portland. I think this is for um, who was it that they traded for? The um, what's his name? Forgot. Uh, Covington. Yes, this is, I believe, the Covington pick. Um, so let's see if we do a good job for them replacing Covington. <laughs> uh, no options, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's there's still great guys on this board. And you know what? One thing that helps you win games is defense and the other is shooting. And I think it's just at this point, it's hard to pass up on Jaden Springer because the guy can defend yeah. like crazy and mm-hmm. his shooting looks, you know, you know, great. He's gotta probably prove that he can be a volume shooter. Uh but like the guy just can absolutely defend. And this is a guy that can take your team uh, to the next level. So if you are like the Houston Rockets, you've grabbed Jalen Green and Jaden Springer. And I know that, uh, you know, it's interesting when you think of it that way, that doesn't give them a, a great ball handler, although they do have uh, John Wall. So maybe they're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all of a sudden a fun team to watch. And Jaden Springer can absolutely defend. So. Yeah. That's what I'm going for with Houston. And then you get to do Houston again. Yeah, Houston, I mean, they're in this weird situation where they got a ton of really interesting, scrappy guys. We saw, like, Kenyon Mark, Martin Jr. block Rudy in that one game. Where just a bunch Crazy. of players versus the full-strength Jazz. Jay Sean Tate, who just – I love guys like that. Undersized, scrappy, rebounder, plays with fire. I mean, they're going to have a fun team, I think. Um but I think they're looking for uh, just options everywhere. And with the folks on the board at this point, I would probably go with Zaire Williams uh, out of Stanford. Nice. Big I six was thinking eight. the same thing. <laughs> Big 6'8 forward. Showed tons of potential but didn't really live up to it. A lot of scouts said that he sort of um, didn't look like he was trying a lot of the time. Um, a lot of it, I think Stanford had a couple of games canceled to COVID, so they had to do like their first two months on the road or something really rough. But yeah, he, at the it's same a weird time, situation, you know. Yeah, like he's got all the measurables. Um, he's just got to put it together. And so if if the Rockets trust their development process, which I mean, if you're a Jazz fan, you don't you don't care for the Rockets, but. Uh, I think they go with Zaire Williams here because it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and they're a team that's just collecting players, you know, and it's a lot of these are just swings. Like if, mm-hmm. if Zaire Williams doesn't work out well, you know, you picked him at 24 and that's not the worst thing in the world. Definitely um, not. So, you know what? We're now up to the Clippers. I'm actually looking at it. Who gets to pick for the Jazz? Uh, so I'm the Clippers. You're Denver. 
I, I think I picked for the Jazz. You get a pick for the Jazz. All right, I'm letting the commenters uh, blame you for what. Whatever you <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Anyways, we're on the Clippers. I gotta. I can't look ahead. All right, let's see. Uh, the Clippers. Yeah, you know they're like the Jazz. They have an interesting season coming up where they're going to be without Kawhi for a year, and so it's going to be kind of a lost year. And so maybe this is a year where you can take uh, kind of a flyer on someone. Uh, you know what's interesting, though, is that the Clippers, uh, they, they've they really, really needed a playmaker, and they've been trying to get that guy for a long time, and I think that's what's going to make this pick for me. Uh, this guy is just kind of falling into their lap, and I think he can play uh, for them and bring them some great guard play i'm going to pick jared butler the clippers yeah and i think he fits alongside um um paul george and Kawhi pretty well although you know i guess it's it's steven jackson's uh got a contract situation coming up i believe uh, uh let me just double check that isn't it steve? no it's not steven jackson what's his name yeah, uh, see, you're you're thinking back to the Spurs days. I mean. <laughs> um, Who's uh, their starting guard that killed us? Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, not not Stephen Jackson. Yeah, Reggie yeah. Jackson. Let me just check his. I, I almost forgot the name there for a second too. It just blocked <laughs> it out of my memory, you know. Well, it's he completely... was so awesome, and you know, it's one of those guys that hasn't been super great everywhere he's been, but he just had an awesome playoffs for them. Yeah, and. I wonder if you're just if you're the Clippers if you've got this super max you're going to be giving to to Kawhi if you really want to pay big money to Reggie Jackson. Reggie yeah. Jackson is a free agent. He made two million dollars last year. You know what? I don't think you're just a, you could probably sign both. Uh, but I think Jared Butler has a chance to be just a really nice player. Yeah. And yeah. for them, he fits really nice. He's also you know six two six six three. He's not he's not small. He, but for a point guard, that's probably big enough. And so that's my pick. Yeah. I think, I mean, even if they don't necessarily re-sign Reggie Jackson, I feel like he fits into their role, uh, into that role really well, of sort of um, breaking down the defense and making the right pass and then getting the ball and shooting it when he's open. You know, mm. uh, He was a great shooter uh, at Butler, so great, good defender. So makes sense to me. That's, that's a good pick. It's a really good pick. Great. So now I, at pick number 26, we have our Mountain West rivals, the Nuggets. Nuggets. And um, yeah, they are also in an interesting spot uh, because uh, Jamal Murray is still recovering from the injury, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they, they had so, so many injuries to their guard rotation that they were starting Facundo Capazzo for like half the playoffs, who was their like third string guard, maybe. Uh, and he still managed to, well, Jokic dragged them all the way to the to the second round. So, props to, props to him. Um, but so what with the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. Um, and their sort of uh, and Aaron Gordon at the power forward position, I feel like their forward and center spots are are largely set. So. Luckily, luckily for them, there's still a bunch of guards here that, that are on the board. Um, they had one of the best backup point guards in, in the league last year, Monte Morris, but he also got hurt. Um, so I think what they're really looking for is a two guard or maybe a combo guard that can come in 
and um, just essentially fill the Gary Harris role of like being a good shooter and a good defender off the bench. Um, and there's a couple of options here that, that fit. And uh, I think I wrote um, some articles about them, uh, like Ayo Dosomu or uh, Quentin Grimes. But at this point, with, with them having so much talent, they could swing for the fences and go for the youngest prospect in the draft. And I think with the 26th pick, I will pick Josh Primo out of Alabama. Oh. Uh, he turns 19 in December. This guy's super young. Didn't really show a lot in terms of um, stats. Put up like nine points a game, um, like three rebounds, less than one assist. Uh, but he was so just so young, and he was a pretty good shooter, 38%, I think, from three. Also, uh, apparently because he was he was playing with, you know, just play older players, he he wasn't able to dominate the ball as much, or you know, really show off the abilities that like the full extent of the abilities that he he's put he's potentially capable of and some of that came through on the combine and because of that he just he's been rocketing up this uh, up the draft boards yeah he's um, nice. so, yeah so i think denver has a lot of leeway here and they've done a great job developing their players jeremy grant michael porter jr gary harris um jamal murray so Josh Primo here could be um, a c- great contributor for them uh, in the future. I like it. I think he's just a nice pick. And yeah, he is young, so there's upside there. He can kind of learn some of the things he needs to to be nice. Uh, yeah. Now we come to the Brooklyn Nets, who, if KD's foot isn't on the line, might have been on the finals. Uh, yeah. They are probably the prohibitive favorites next year if they just stay healthy. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, it doesn't really matter who they pick. But there's nice choices for them. There are some nice players uh, yeah. on the board that can come in. I, They're a team that might be thinking win now with a certain player or just maybe just pick best player available. I just have a hard time passing up on this guy at this point. I know Jazz fans will be mad at me, uh, but I'm going to pick JT Thor for them. Whoa! How dare you, James? <laughs> I know, but he's just, it's too hard to pass up. There's just so much potential there. He's players in the draft. He's got impressive size and length, impressive defender. Like this guy can, can uh, come off a bench for them. I could even see him playing some small ball center. Uh, he is just, I love him. I really love him. And I just think that it's just malpractice at this point to keep passing him up. I could see him even going higher, you know, but yeah, uh, he is, uh, really nice. So I think Brooklyn just got a steal in JT Thor and, mm-hmm. and we can all just cry, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I could potentially see them after Joe Harris did such a bad job shooting, for whatever strange reason, um, I could see them trying to go for more shooting on the perimeter. But I mean, JT Thor is just too much of a prospect to pass up. He just shows so many flashes, and his like measurements are out of the world, out of this world. And uh, I mean, yeah, JT Thor, great pick. Um, okay, so now we have the 76ers of Philadelphia, and they flamed out of the playoffs um, 
Mostly because I think the popular thing is that Ben Simmons just sucked on offense, and I, I agree with that. But it was sort of weird because it, it feels like one player shouldn't be able to tank your offense so much to the point that you lose like four games to the Atlanta Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Hawks really just overall outplayed them, um, but I'm not sure what happened there. And I think uh, because outside of Joel Embiid and Seth Curry, they really didn't have much offense. So, um, you know, Shake Milton was like a non-factor and he was their main scoring po- uh, punch off the bench. So I, I think they're going to continue to look for, for more offense, um, assuming they don't trade, you know, Ben Simmons and completely change up the team. I'm scared. Uh, you, I'm, I'm scared if you're going to take the guy I want to pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I will mention right now, Isaiah Jackson is has been mocked much higher than where we're at right now, oh. but I just don't think he's a great fit. For what they're trying to do right now, I just so, love him. I, but if you like him, great. I yeah, I, w- I would not pick him. Um, I think at this point, uh, I think so. There, and this is probably the pick that you want, James. So I'm sorry, but I think they'll go with Bones Highland. Dang it! It. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. We're just sniping each other's. Uh, uh, no. Right yeah, I, I mean, love. It's yeah. it's a really perfect pick for them. I mean, he, you know, one thing they were doing in the playoffs that was terrible is they were relying a lot on Seth Curry to be playmaking for them. And you know, mm-hmm. Seth Curry's a nice shooter, but if you're like relying on him as like a main kind of creator, no. I mean, you're not gonna win a ton of games that way. He can flat out shoot, but when you don't have to guard Ben Simmons and you're forcing, you know the ball into Seth Curry's hand a lot and it's it oof, it's tough. And so Bones Highland and plus his his nickname's Bones. I yeah. Mean, yeah. So I uh I don't know. I love him. I hope he falls to the jazz because I think he's a lot of fun and I think he could be uh great. But nice pick. All right. So now we're the Phoenix Suns who are licking their wounds after losing four straight in the finals. Um four straight. Can never imagine that man. I know. What does that feel like? <laughs> but uh, let's see. I, you know what? They, uh, <sighs> there's a few guys I like. There's, I, you know what? I made a nice, well, I made a nice pick. Watch me congratulate myself. I, I, liked, <laughs> I liked my pick uh, during the blogger mock draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there's some, there's a couple players I like here for them. Uh I like uh, Miles McBride a lot, and I actually feel like this is kind of it's you know it's he might be a he's one of those guys that was just like a dog on defense. This guy mm-hmm. is just yeah. like you know I, he's not super big, six one, so he's not going to be one of the best defenders in the jet in the draft just because he's you know doesn't have the tools that some of them have. But actually, you know what makes me want to look up his wingspan. His wingspan's six six foot nine. Actually, it's pretty That's, big. You know what? That's actually you know. Oh man! So this is a great. The Suns just got a steal. Uh, there's a lot of steals in here, James. I'm being honest. There's a lot of good players. That's the yeah. crazy thing about this draft is mm-hmm. we're at pick twenty nine, and I feel like Miles McBride is a really nice. I mean, there's a little bit of like Donovan to this pick, where you have this mm-hmm. guy yeah. who's like six one, six nine wingspan. Uh, I know when Donovan came into the 
into the league, he we talked about him as actually a defender. You know, yeah. Uh, he's twenty years old. Uh, Same age. I don't know. Yeah, and this guy, but this guy is legit, like a dog on defense. You go watch his highlights. This guy just gets at it, and you combine yeah. that with his wingspan, that makes him someone that could come off the bench and play. You know, either with Booker or or Chris Paul, who they're probably going to resign. Or with Miles McBride. Yeah, I think he has a fun nickname too. I think his nickname is Deuce. Deuce. Oh, really? I, I haven't seen that. Deuce McBride. Uh, oh. So the guy is just an incredible on-ball defender. So he's the type of guy that could guard the Jamal Murrays and the, you know, these and the Damian Lillards, and he's the guy you'd put on those quick, awesome scoring guards. You know, so that's a nice pick for me. I, I feel like if they get him, I think they're pretty happy. Yeah, and Campaign, who was rehabilitated as their backup point guard last year, is probably going to get a payday. So it totally makes sense to go with a, uh, with a great uh, backup point guard here. So that, yeah, great pick. Um, totally agree with it. All right, it's the Jazz. Right. Yeah, um, and naturally, I'm going to pick Isaiah. No, I'm just I'm uh, <laughs> another center. Are we getting Keita? Yeah, no. Um, I'm, I'm honestly surprised no one picked Isaiah Jackson here, but I don't buy the hype. He's sort of like I really don't. Five. Not a great shooter. I'm mean, not a shooter. Um, not really much. I mean, good athlete, but not not much of a. Like, but he doesn't have like crazy size or anything. So yeah, exactly. It screams yeah. G League to me. Is that mean? Maybe that's mean, but I'm not sure. But. Um, so obviously the folks on the board at this point, there's a number of familiar names uh, that if you've been reading on co- our content, excuse me, our content on SLC Dunk, a lot of familiar names like Aota Sunmu, Quentin Grimes, um, Greg Brown, Josh. I don't think we've written one on Josh Christopher, but there's there's a number of options here. And uh, it, it's really hard because I think that the folks that we like the most, like Jared Butler or... Um, JT Thor, uh, Bones Highland, uh, they've all been picked. Uh, and I think we gave good reasons why those those teams would make those sort of picks. So um, if I were at this point, I probably would have picked uh, Roko Perkacin from, uh, from Croatia. Oh, he's the one who dropped out. Yeah, unfortunately he dropped out, and that made me so sad because I, I expected JT Thor to get picked before pick 30, but... Perkachin was still falling into the second round way more often than not. But we don't have him here. So this makes my job really, really hard. Um, and so the Jazz are in this odd spot where I think most people are expecting us to re-sign Conley and essentially run it back. Um, I would hope that we could really improve our perimeter defense, especially at the three and the four. But there's not too many options here that can really fulfill that. Um, and so, except for one pick, and I think this, based on all the mock drafts I'm reading, um, for the most part, this is a bit of a stretch. But if we're going to stick with the 30th pick and the Jazz aren't going to make any moves, which, by the way, never happens, uh, looking at the last seven years of draft history, the Jazz have literally made a move with a second-round pick buying back into the second round, trading it for a future second round pick, doing something every single year. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But if if we're going to pick someone at 30 
and keep it. I'm going with Greg Brown out of Texas. Ooh. Um, he's an insane athlete. Just I like Greg ones. Brown. I don't mind that pick. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to hear who you would have picked here. Um, but I'm not so sold on Ayo Dutsunu. I don't think he's very athletic. He doesn't really add that much more that we don't already have with Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, and supposedly Mike Conley back on the roster. Uh, and Mie One is playing out of his mind for Nigeria, so I'm not sure we really need another like guard, like you know, that sort of wing defender. Uh, I, I really want someone who can fulfill that 3-4 position and just come in and make hustle plays like Jay Crowder and like maybe shoot it every once in a while. But honestly, we have so much shooting on the roster. We don't need more shooting. We need someone who can maybe develop into that. Greg Brown, I think, didn't really shoot it well. Um, trying to pull up his stats right now. Uh, but, you oh, know. Well, you know, I it's tough. I mean, the Jazz have the number one overall pick, and they're blessed with the <laughs> – they lose in the second round. We get the last pick in the draft. And to mm-hmm. me, wings are like quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Like, everyone wants wings. Everyone yeah. wants – defensive wings that can shoot and there's just not a lot here uh i like ao disonmo just i i think he actually i think he has a game that could translate really nicely he's got really long arms i think he in the combine actually i wrote about the pick um the other day and i wrote six eight but apparently in the combine he has a six ten wingspan um i like his game because i feel like he's got a game that can uh, translate to to the NBA pretty easily. I, he's not right. an explosive athlete, though, and you're just not really getting that at 30, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do... The, the other guy that is interesting to me is uh, this Quentin Grimes. Um, mm-hmm. The guy was... Uh, he was a highly touted prospect. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. I think it was Kentucky he went to. or, or No, it was, Kansas. it was Kansas. Kansas, yep. And he just... It just didn't pan out there for some reason. And yeah. and so, you know, you yeah. wonder why. Maybe he's one of those guys that just people missed on when they were scouting high school prospects. But he brings defense. He can shoot the ball. So, you know, for me, I like the Sunmu. I probably would pick the Sunmu. I, I just like him. And mm-hmm. I think that that shooting he had, I think it was in his third year. Um, you know, he's... the. One of the notes I really liked from Kevin O'Connor on him is that this he just works. Yeah. Uh, what, what does he say here? Leads by example with hard work on and off the court. Also now yeah. coming through in clutch moments. Mm-hmm. I just, you know what? Like, I know he's not the best athlete, and maybe we don't need him because we have Mike Conley. Although I just, I still kind of feel like if we can sign and trade Mike Conley, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. Just give right. them all the <laughs> But if you got a guy that you know is going to be a worker, that's a guy that's got a high floor and yeah. is not going to fail. And that's why I like him. But I don't. I like Greg Brown. Greg Brown has some of the best athleticism in this draft. I mean, he is like he's one of those guys that if the if he turns out great, he's one of those like second round picks that like why didn't anyone see this coming? Well, totally agree. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's got crazy upside and. And at this point in the draft, why not swing for the fences with Greg Brown? Yeah, you know? yeah no, I totally agree with you on Dosanmu. He was, he's by all accounts a fantastic interview and just great leader at Illinois. He led them to the one seed in the NCAA, you know, and 
Mm-hmm. Um, then, I mean, he had uh, Kofi Cockburn, I think, was the, the other main guy on the team, returned to, to college. But there wasn't too much around him. He, he really just made, made things work. Um, and, and, I mean, if the Jazz end up not having Conley on the roster next season somehow, uh, I would be happy with any of Dosanmu or Grimes. Uh, I'm not so sold on Grimes. Um, I wrote his draft profile as well. Great rebounder. Um, I think he just had some issues at Kansas where he uh, wasn't able to dominate the ball as much as a point guard. Mm. So because he played mostly shooting guard there and was like Bill Self is sort of notorious of not doing super great with one and dones. Oh so yeah. So he was expected to be a top five pick in 2019 actually, but just didn't work out. So he transferred back home to Houston, University of Houston. But he shot less than he well not less, but he shot just about forty percent on two pointers, which is like I don't know how you can really defend that at in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure he's he's the best pick at thirty, but he does have upside. To me, he's um, a second round pick, and you yeah. just, you see if you yeah. can develop him, you know. Yeah, at thirty, it's really kind of hard to to find those guys that don't have like a couple warts here and there, you know? Oh yeah. You really, that's, I mean, you know, I like Greg Brown because that's like, you can't teach athleticism and, and he's got size length and athleticism and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you just hope that you can just kind of mold him. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why I like, I like the Sunmu. If, if this guy is just a worker, you know, that's, <laughs> there's not a lot, the cupboard is getting a little bit bare at, at yeah. 30. And so, um, I don't know. Well, that was fun, Anthony. So Greg Brown to the jazz, everyone in the comments, make sure you tell Anthony <laughs> what you think. I yeah. like it. I think he's a great athlete. Um, I, I had a lot of fun, Anthony. This went a little bit long, but I, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess, uh, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you again, Anthony. This was a lot of fun. We should do this every year, I think, because I think this is actually yeah. pretty fun. We had a yeah. few guys that wanted to come on as well. They couldn't make it for various reasons, and so it was a one-on-one. Uh, we'll see what happens next year, and we'll see what happens with the Jazz. I think the Jazz, you know, I, maybe they trade out of the draft. Maybe they trade up. Maybe mm-hmm. they, It'll be it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to keep trying to cover the draft as much as we can. I know the Jazz are number thirty, so not quite as exciting as if you're in the top ten, but uh, but uh, it should be still pretty fun for the Jazz. So, anyways, guys, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Thank you again, Anthony. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure and uh, good evening. See you guys. Talk to you later.